Well, hello everybody and welcome back to Between the Shadows. This is Kara. And this is Kristen. Good evening, everyone. Hey, hey. We are back with another episode. Yeah, is buddy. this episode 30? This is episode 30, y'all. Oh my gosh. 30. Now, honestly, <laughs> I feel like it should be more, but we've taken a lot of breaks. But but sometimes you have to. You know, I don't not I don't think I could ever get burnt out on Dark Shadows because we've been watching it 20 plus years, but yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the break is just needed, but yeah. it doesn't matter. However long a break we take from this, I, I still come back, and I'm still so passionate to talk about Dark Shadows. It's not that we're not watching it. No, no, no. <laughs> no <laughs> but we, we do appreciate every single one of you guys, and we thank you so much for coming back and giving us your time. Um, so this week, we are going to start this very long saga mm-hmm. of the dream curse. Mm-hmm. The dream curse, y'all, and I know... We've said it before. We know that Dark Shadows fans have mixed feelings about the dream curse. Mm-hmm. You know, you love it or you hate it. I, I am one of those ones who love it. I love the dream curse. I know it's long and drawn out, but man, oh, man. Yeah. What what yeah. what an effective way to bring back a curse. I mean, Angelie could have, she could have picked any avenue to put the curse back on Barnabas. You know, the first time it was just words. She, yeah. she looked him straight in the eye and cursed his ass. It was but, easy. <laughs> But this time she's very creative. She she tells Barnabas, make no mistake, before this before this is all over, you're gonna this you're gonna be cursed again. Yeah. And but Dr. Eric Lang has other plans. Mm-hmm. He has other plans. And so we're gonna kinda get into that. So welcome back, Dark Shadows fans. Here we go. Let's the dream get curse. Going. <laughs> the dream curse part one of we don't even know how many just yet. <laughs> so, so the scene opens up. At Collinwood. Our beloved Collinwood, yes. <laughs> There's a knock at the door, and Cassandra goes to open it, and there stands Maggie Evans. Maggie Evans, can the you imagine? The beautiful Maggie Evans, Catherine Lee Scott. Can you imagine how Angelique felt looking into the eyes of Maggie Can you Evans? imagine? <laughs> Be like, Josette? No, man, Maggie Evans. <laughs> Not even looking at Barnabas gave her that reaction. Right, right. But Maggie Evans had this effect on Cassandra. Yeah. And Cassandra is shocked, mm-hmm. just shocked, because we all know Maggie Evans is the image of Josette Dupre. She didn't realize, piggybacking with Victoria to this time, that there was a Josette. Didn't even time. consider the possibility that there was a woman in this time mm-hmm. who looked just like Josette. Mm-hmm. But Cassandra plays on this and she uses this to her advantage mm-hmm. and Maggie Evans has come to talk to Vicky and they go into the drawing room and close the door mm-hmm. so Cassandra goes back over to the portrait of Barnabas because she can't say any of this to Barnabas's face Not so yet. she says it to the portrait mm-hmm. and she is so satisfied like after the utter shock now she's satisfied with the fact that Maggie looks like Josette because now she decides that the dream curse will begin with the one who looks just like the woman Barnabas loves so very much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, the reason that Vicky asked Maggie to come over is so that she could ask her if Jeff Clark could rent a room, the extra room, at the Evans Cottage. Yeah. And Maggie asks a few questions about him that Vicky can't answer because she realizes, I don't know you Jeff know, Clark I don't that know. well. I don't, I don't know him very well. Mm-hmm. And But trust me. But but trust me, yeah. <laughs> and um, but Maggie agrees, mm-hmm. you know, let me talk to Pop, I'm sure it'll be fine, you know. And so from here, we go to Dr. Lang's house, where Jeff is accepting this room at Maggie's cottage Mm -hmm. over the phone. You know, he's talking with Vicky over the phone. And Dr. Lang is trying to talk him out of it using the same technique he's been using. Jeff, you don't know where you came from. You don't know where I found you. 
but and and so Jeff, you know, gives in one more time, agrees to stay one more day with Lang. And yeah. while he's making the call to Vicky, Dr. Lang, very Dexter style, stabs him with a needle <laughs> <laughs> and knocks him out. <laughs> and, and I love it. He straps Jeff to the table and intends to take Jeff Clark's face, just like he promised to Barnabas. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and is going to attach it to the monster he created. I, I have a really hard time calling it a monster because we really do get to know Adam very soon. And Adam is not a monster. He just isn't. So I have a hard time calling him that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Barnabas comes in, comes calling just as Lang is about to cut Jeff's head off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Barnabas tells Dr. Lang that he's been feeling like he's been reverting again back to he's having withdrawals he's having withdrawals and he's feeling like he's starting to go back and he finds jeff clark on the table and barnabas can't go through with it he cannot let lang kill jeff to give him his face and again that's kind of where we feel barnabas's emotions where not even thinking about himself anymore like He's thinking about Vicky. It's not even really about Jeff. You don't give a crap about Jeff. Yeah, I don't care what happens to Jeff, but it's about Vicky. Vicky. It's about Vicky. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. And there's that love for Vicky again, purely human. Mm -hmm. There's no vampire here. It's purely human. He loves Vicky, and and I think you're right. I don't think he. I don't think he gave a crap about what happened to Jeff. But for Vicky's sake, please don't cut this man's face off. That's that human coming out in Barnabas. Right. And we saw in us. I said 1970, (laughs) 1795. 1795. 95. But, but, you know, when we got to see just that little bit of Barnabas as a human, I mean, you saw that in him. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Like, he's that person. He is that that kind of person. Okay, now here's an example. Very sympathetic, very understanding. Yes. Very forgiving. Yes. And and, uh, so here's an example of Barnabas as a human, very loving spirit. Didn't love Angelique, but agreed to marry her if she would just cure Sarah. Because he's a stand-up guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Even though Angelique's the one that made her sick, he didn't know that, whatever. But it's yeah. just it's just a testament to the kind of person that Barnabas is. Yeah. You know, he was going to marry Angelique, even though he did not love her. Mm-hmm. But the agreement was, please just cure Sarah. Please. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll marry you. Mm-hmm. It's just the kind of guy that Barnabas is. And we kind of see that again here when he yeah. doesn't want Lang to cut off his face. Yes. And, I mean, Lang does make Barnabas change his mind momentarily. But Vicky shows up and Barnabas runs back to tell Lang. Yeah. No. <laughs> Final call. Final yeah. answer. No. Exactly. And Barnabas stands in the hallway as she tells Dr. Lang just how much she loves Jeff and how close she is to being happy and she's afraid of losing him. Mm-hmm. Some of this might be residual PTSD from losing Peter, but sure. Yeah. yeah. It's still very fresh. Yeah. It really yeah. is. And upon hearing this, Barnabas goes back to the lab where Dr. Lang is still talking to Vicky about Jeff's whereabouts. Mm-hmm. Jeff is still unconscious, and Barnabas says to him, it's you she loves, and the time has come for me to say enough, and lets the straps go on the table. Oh, mm-hmm. Barnabas. Mm-hmm. Oh, Barnabas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. That one got me. I shed a tear on that one. I'm yeah. like, oh. See, it was it was that selfless thing again. He was like, "It's you. She loves you. It's she loves me." Ultimate one of those ultimate acts of love. Yeah, it's like selfless <laughs> love. Like, it's like I want her to be happy, even if that means she wants you and not me. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Barnabas. Yeah. And it's not something he's had to feel in a really long time. He he loved Vicky so much, and she knew he knew that she really loved Jeff. So yeah. he sacrificed being with her so that she could be with the man she really loved. And it took guts. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can't imagine the broken heart he's got to be feeling right now. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think, I think there's a sense of relief in that, you know, to see the love of his life because, and be happy. Because it's the right thing to do. It's the, it's absolutely the right it's the do. right thing to do. So Barnabas tells Lang that he wants Jeff to go free. 
And Barnabas suggests that Lang tells Jeff it was all in his illusion, and Jeff heard the whole thing. Yeah. Jeff was conscious again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he goes after Lang with a scalpel, mm-hmm. and Lang gets into a monologue to buy himself enough time to stab Jeff again, Dexter style, mm-hmm. with a needle and knock him out again. He straps him back in, and Barnabas suggests, let's call Julia. Mm-hmm. Let's call Julia. She can hypnotize him, and he won't remember a thing. Her area of expertise. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And Barnabas knew it. See, there was the trust thing again. Let's call Julia, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Dr. Lang refuses, and Barnabas picks up the phone to call Julia. Yeah. And they get into a standoff, and Lang produces a gun and says he'll shoot if he doesn't put down the phone. I, I will shoot you, Barnabas. Mm-hmm. And Barnabas puts down the phone when he realizes that he is so human now that he can die. From a gunshot. Yeah. He's like, holy crap. Yeah, that is a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's not just the, the, it's got to be a silver bullet. It's got to be a silver tip, this and that. It's not that anymore. No, it was that boom reminder. I am human. I'm mortal. Holy Hold crap. Up. Wait a minute. You got to play it. Something ain't right. <laughs> you got to play it more smart. Yes. You got to play it a different route. Well, and like, I think you're right. He's lived so fearless up until now because he's used to being, you know, he. <laughs> he's lucky he remembered he in that moment. Like. I'm thinking back to Forbes when he's standing in the eagle yes. and he goes, shoot, shoot. And I he does. I dare you. I dare you. And he does. And he was like, what now? You know, mm-hmm. but now I, th- I think he, you know, he's remembering I, I can't be fearless like that anymore because I can, I can die. I'm a man. And so, I mean, that's kind of where we are. So they go back and forth about whether or not they can trust Julia. Yeah. And Barnabas tells Eric that Julia, quote unquote, cares for him. Translation. She loves him. She's mm-hmm. in love with him. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it'll, it's forever the unspoken yeah. elephant and, and it, in it's, the show. It's incredible because it keeps kind of coming up. Julia makes little comments here and there, yeah. but then quickly goes on to what she was doing. Yeah. And Barnabas, he irritates me so much because he never acknowledges the fact that Julia loves him. Yeah. If he's blind with... <laughs> Not to her face. That's the one thing that he's definitely blind Yeah. to. Or or he just doesn't want to just, face because he doesn't care for her in that way. I don't know why. It's a, it's okay. I just want to be friends, but it was always the elephant. Oh yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. Was like, ah, it just eats me alive. It, it, it does me too. It eats me be- because Julia never falters. You, you know, even though she's, she's so been strong. let down, she's so strong no matter what. She, she till she, the end. Exactly. Yeah, Literally till the end. Yeah. We saw it till the end. It's true. Yeah. Even after watching, you know, the the parallel 1970 when they go back, they go into the future in 1995. Uh She makes a comment there because he's just lost. And they walk out arm in arm. Yeah, you know, and he's just lost Roxanne, and he's lamenting over that. And he was like, she was like, you can live with anything like that if you have to, and walks off. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I see what you did Mm -hmm. there, Julia. You know, Mm -hmm. but this is how she's is through the entire series. She never falters. She's always by Barnabas' side. In a nutshell, here we go. That's Julia. It is Julia. And so because of this reason, he believes she would keep the secret of the experiment and calls her and calls Eric's bluff. Mm -hmm. He's like, you're not going to shoot me. Mm -hmm. You need me. Mm -hmm. He's like, you find me another man who you can transfer their life force, who is willing to die and go into it. You need me. You're Mm -hmm. not going to shoot. You're not going to shoot. So Julia shows up and they ask her to hypnotize Jeff to forget the last five hours of his life. Yeah. And she's got questions. She's got questions, and Lang makes up a story, a very elaborate story about how Jeff is paranoid because of his mental state and accuses Eric of trying to cut his head off, yeah. and Eric sedated him, mm-hmm. and Julia, she buys it. She, she's appeased, and she agrees to hypnotize him, and she insists on being alone with Jeff, you know, no distractions. Yeah. I, I don't want any distractions. Let yeah. me be alone with him. Yeah. 
And so he wakes up and begins to tell his story about how Lang is trying to cut his head off. Mm -hmm. And then he tells her about Lang's experiment and how he's trying to make something dead alive again. Mm -hmm. And this seems to spark Julia's interest, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure she believes it at first. So, but it's more than she got out of Lang or Barnabas. Right, exactly. So. And he continues to tell her that he made him dig up graves and take body parts, and Eric wanted to cut off his face because he needed it for his experiments. And Julia, she admits she doesn't know what to make of what he's saying, and Jeff tells her that she should go down to the laboratory and check. Just check things out. You'll mm-hmm. see I'm telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, I will. But first, she hypnotizes him. Yeah. So yeah. let's take care of business. Now that she's got her information. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that Julia figures, even if this were true, you don't need to remember that. So mm-hmm. let me hypnotize you. Yeah. I've got the information. <laughs> Let's, uh, here we go. So she, she's successful. He, she makes him forget the last five yes. hours of his life and he sleeps. Yes. And she leaves his room thinking he's completely mad, but curiosity gets the better of Julia. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she goes to the laboratory. She can't wait. Yeah. She can't wait. She can't. She goes to the laboratory and there's the body on the table. And can I say, we get that famous Grayson Hall. Yes. The scream yes. queen. Come on, girl. I love it. I love it. She's love so it. dramatic. She's so brilliant. I will say, in though. what she does. If I, I had her. gone to that laboratory and found that body, I probably would have let out a Grayson Hall scream, you know too. What? <laughs> so Eric pleads his case and tells Julia his plan. She, she she tells them that she does want Barnabas to be cured and leaves the room, but she goes downstairs to call the police. Mm-hmm. Like, Julia's like, I am not wasting any time. This is ridiculous. This is, uh, no. And Eric knew better, and he followed Julia downstairs. Mm-hmm. And Julia's already on the phone with the police, and Barnabas just utters the name Dave Woodard. Remember, Dave Woodard. And she hangs up the phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then she says this thing that, that I've just kind of been remembering that she, that she said. She says, Barnabas, you always win. You always win. And then he tells her, he's like, we can always checkmate each other. And from that moment, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I That is their relationship right there. Yes. It's like, you always win. We can always checkmate each other. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting that he said this to her. Through the show, so far, since Julia came on, they've always, always been able to checkmate each other. Oh, yeah. Like, when he throws out an ultimatum, she comes back with another ultimatum. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think in this moment is where they both knew they could trust each other, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. And that friendship never, ever gets broken from this moment on. It never falters. It never falters. Never. it becomes stronger, and in a lot of situations, it becomes the most important thing. And in this moment, a particular moment comes to mind as how strong their relationship is and how connected they really are. I'm not going to say it right now because we are going to get to it actually very soon. Mm-hmm. I think during the dream curse, actually. But, yes, their relationship, <laughs> th- this was that point where yeah. it was just sealed, signed, sealed, delivered, yeah. sealed. It, eventually, it gets to the done. point where either of them would do anything for the other, and I, yeah. for one, was pretty happy over it yeah I'm like finally we have yeah. this trust we it have didn't this feel friendship. right when they were at odds with each yeah. other it just didn't feel right it's like don't you understand she does want what's best for you yeah she might yeah. be in love with you she was your first ally she, she yes that, that was not under your control exactly like, and really. she never was never she, was under barnabas's control and even with her challenges you know with the notebook situation and tony peterson and all that and, and all the blackmail stuff she never faltered in her loyalty no never ever, did ever Never did. Ever. And so. so so Julia, you know, they checkmated each other. Julia promises to say nothing mm-hmm. to anyone about the experiment. Mm-hmm. As long, here's her ultimatum, here's her checkmate, mm-hmm. as long as Eric promises not to kill anyone. And she also gives her word. She's like, okay, 
I'm fine. I won't tell anybody, but I'm not helping you with this. Mm -hmm. I do not support this at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. And she's like, and I will do what I can to stop you, but I won't speak a word of it to anybody. Yeah. So that, that, that was her, that was her checkmate. Yeah. So later on the terrace, Julia and Barnabas are having a conversation about this experiment. All the cards are on the table and Julia is urging Barnabas not to go through with it, but Barnabas can't deal with it, with Cassandra. And unfortunately, at this moment, Cassandra is hiding and listening to their conversation. Mm -hmm. And Barnabas catches her and tells her that you won't ruin our plans. You won't. What are you talking about? But she stays. Angelique stays with her story that she is Cassandra and runs away. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> Roger. How long do we hear that? So many times. From her. So many times. It's like, you're mad. <laughs> we'll get to it. We're going to continue. Yes. Let's go. So she... <laughs> so she I can't bunny trail, guys. I'm sorry. I know. I, if we bunny trail... Because we're going to talk about it anyways. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. We will get there. Hang in with us, guys. <laughs> so she calls to Tony, and he comes to her on the terrace, and mm -hmm. she wants him to go to Lang's house and get the talisman for her. He tries to resist, but of course, Tony can't. He's not strong enough. And so he goes down to Lang's. Lang is gone. He's gone to the old house and hasn't brought the talisman with him. So Tony's able to get it. Mm -hmm. And he brings it back to Angelique. Mm -hmm. And Barnabas and Eric go back to his house, Eric's house. And, of course, the talisman wasn't there. And Jeff Clark leaves and tells Lang to hit the road. And he's moving to the Evans Cottage. Mm -hmm. And Barnabas tells Lang about Willie Loomis, who is in a mental hospital, who they could possibly do the job Jeff was doing. We haven't heard from Willie since he was shot. It's been a while. It's it, we we haven't. He's he's at Wincliffe. Yeah. And he has been there since he was shot. Yeah. And um, there's really been no updates since. No. No. The last update. <laughs> so here, friends, it's, this yeah. is all the introductory introductory stuff up into the dream curse. This is where the dream curse begins, and it begins with Maggie, just as Angelique promised. Mm -hmm. She goes through the sequence, and Josette's music box begins to play, and. When she finally gets to the door that allows her to open it, you know, every person has their own specific door. I mean, they'll open other ones. But since Maggie was the first, there was only one that would open to her. Mm -hmm. And she sees a skull screaming at her. And that is the first installment of the dream curse. Yeah. And she wakes up screaming, yeah. of course, and realizes it's just a dream, but is still just utterly terrified by it yeah and she remembers the knock at the door and at that moment there is a knock at her door mm -hmm. at the front door and it's jeff clark mm -hmm. and she's freaked out she's startled because jeff is the one who was knocking at the door in her dream yeah and jeff tells her that she'll feel better if she tells him about the dream she's yeah. like he was like you don't know me he's like i'm the perfect person to tell no judgment here i don't even know you right. you know right so she tells him from start to finish the dream and she gets frightened all over again, but in an instant, she feels better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, this is how the dream curse works. Yeah. Not, neither of them realize it just yet, but as soon as the person tells the dream to another, the person that they tell will have the dream the moment they fall asleep. Yeah. And Jeff, Jeff keeps having moments of deja vu. He's already he, going through that anyways. Yes. Like, yes. Personally. And, so Vicky comes over to scold <laughs> to scold him for not seeing her or calling her the previous night. <laughs> it's like, why don't you call? Right. And he notices her bracelet that she hasn't worn since she returned from 1795. And yeah. it seems familiar to him, but he can't place where he knows it from. Right. And Vicky mentions the name Trask, and that seems familiar too. But Jeff, he just, he can't connect the dots. Yeah. He, he it, seem, it seems There's, familiar, but the dots aren't just, they're yeah. just not connecting. Pieces are still missing. Yeah. 
and he he makes the comment that he thinks that Vicky only likes him because he reminds her so much of Peter Bradford. Yeah, and no, that's fair. He was like, "What if I'm just a regular guy?" And you turn it turns out that you hate me. Right. You know. <laughs> right. Right. So so we'll jump ahead. Um, Jeff does have the dream, and it's Eric Lang who beckons to him. And he goes through the sequence just as Maggie did, only a step further. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's interesting that Jeff's door, there was a guillotine there. Uh, Lang wanted to use his head in the experiment. He doesn't remember it because Julia wiped his memory, but it still shows up. That's his door, is um, is the guillotine. And I think that every person has their own fear show up in their 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 door. And just because we're on his part of the dream curse, I'll bring it up real quickly. Yes, the guillotine. Yes, I heard you. I agree. But also, ironically, Peter Bradford was hung. Not really beheaded, but still, uh-huh. you yes. know. Yes. Hung. Executed. Executed. I have to tell you, I thought of that, too, because I was trying to... And honestly, I thought of that before the, what you did. What I did, I did just, too. But, I, I did, too. But... And... So I didn't know which one it's to go with. It's just very ironic. It, it is. and Because every not. time somebody has a dream, you know, I try to connect why they dream it's that. It's supposed to be a little personal. Yeah. yeah. I feel that, yes. And yes. we'll get to this, too, because because many people have this dream, yes. and it's very, I feel like it's very connected to them personally. Yes. So. It makes sense. <laughs> so next we see Barnabas mm-hmm. begging Julia to spring Lily from Wincliffe. She yeah, needs this him. fight. This yes. fight, yeah. She she is very, very hesitant. But Heck no. She's like, he's not ready to come out of there. If I had my choice, he would never come back to you, right. Barnabas. Exactly. Never. But they she does agree to go there just to see how Willie's doing. Yeah. He, he's very, Willie's so, like, we remember how Willie was when he came on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, he was cringy and made us all uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then Barnabas got a hold of him and he was very um, reserved and, and Barnabas changed his whole personality. Right. Well, here at Wincliffe, we see another personality change. He's very quiet, very subdued. Seems to be sane for the most part, but hey, Barnabas, what are you doing here? You know, yeah, very quiet and... Still has no memory about what, why he went to Maggie's that night he was shot. It's almost like he's so nice and calm and subdued at this point. It's it's almost unbelievable. Mm. It's almost back to kind of like the creepy factor that we got in the beginning from Willie. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was incredible. John Carlin, it was incredible. So many facets The way of it. He, he switched <laughs> it up with Willie. Like, I agree. They're like, okay, I need you to act like this now. And he's like... Okay, Got I'll it. give it a try. And he nailed it. He, I mean, he really did. John Carlin, I, I, I love him. I love all of his characters yeah. that he plays on Dark Shadows. And yeah. he, he played each one so well. And that's just Willie. That's just, that's yeah, just this Willie. is just Willie. And Julia, against her better judgment, she does end up releasing Willie. And Barnabas takes full responsibility for him. Yeah. And the first thing that Willie does when he's released is he goes to Maggie's house and tries to explain to her yeah. why he was there. But she isn't hearing any of it because she still is scared of him. Right. Like, is still right. convinced that Willie was there to kill her. You know, and in the beginning, when Willie was released, you know, he wasn't giving us much hope for his change. Mm-hmm. Like, you were like, oh my gosh, he's back to it. He's- yeah. He's crazy. He's crazy, yeah. you know. And there was even one point where he had the gun cocked and going outside and going great. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because but, because Joe, he he wanted to square up with Joe because Joe went to the old house right. and threatens Barnabas that right. he's going to kill Willie if he sees him there again. Right. And so, yes. he wasn't giving us much hope in the beginning. No, he wasn't. Change he wasn't. of heart or change of mind. Yeah, I, I was really I was really nervous when they let Willie out of Wincliffe. I was yeah. like, I'm not sure he's ready. It, it was pretty nerve wracking. But edge of your seat. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so in the next scene, Eric shows up at the old house to yeah. give Barnabas one more injection before he does the experiment. Yeah. But also to ask Julia if she will assist him on the experiment. <laughs> and Julia's already said, I'm not having any part of this. I'm not doing it. I told you no. And she, she refuses and tries to talk him out of using Willie as well. She's like, no, you can't. He's, he's fresh off the funny farm. Yeah. <laughs> you can't <Yeah>. do this. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> so we so we flash over to Jeff, who is still suffering effects of the dream curse. Mm-hmm. He, he can't stop thinking about it. There's a knock at his door. And, of course, it's Eric Lang. Mm-hmm. And he says he's going out of his mind if he doesn't tell Eric the dream. Mm-hmm. So like Maggie, he tells him the dream from start to finish and immediately feels better. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, oh, Jeff, Jeff is very quick. He, he realizes that he, he was supposed to tell the dream to the person who beckoned him, yeah. which was Dr. Lang. Maggie yeah. had the dream and told Jeff the dream, who beckoned her. Mm-hmm. And he gathers that Eric's going to have this dream next. Like, mm-hmm. he got it so He's quickly. He's like, I bet you. I'll put money on it. I, and I love that this Jeff. This is what's going on. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I love that Jeff was the first who figured it out. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I love that it wasn't Julia or Barnabas or the professor. Yeah. Who had a, who had a penchant for the it occult. It was the common... It was Jeff Clark, Dude. and it's, it just—I yeah. think it showed his wit and his wisdom. You know, yeah. he's very quick. And later, and he's a, Peter Jeff, same person, whatever. He's a very smart guy. Yeah, very spoilers, smart. yes. But I mean, so later on, inevitably, Eric has the dream, mm-hmm. and Julia is the one who beckons to him. Yeah, he goes through the he goes through the dream, and his door is a headless body. Now here's the connection with Eric Lang, headless body. Mm-hmm. I think this represented his fear of failure with his experiment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I think each of these doors are um, specific to the person. And in a sense, because you say that, in a sense, he did fail on his project because he didn't live. He didn't bring Adam to life. He didn't. Julia did. Julia did. Yeah. He yeah. did not. He failed. He did yeah. fail. He did fail. But not in the sense he thought. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, girl. Mm. (laughs) Let's continue. So once he wakes up, he's working on the body, still suffering the effects of the dream curse. When there's a knock at the door, we can already guess who it is. Mm -hmm. It's Julia. Mm -hmm. And Julia came to ask him if he found an assistant that isn't Willie to -hmm. help him with the experiment. And Eric, he can't focus on anything else but this dream. But when Julia asks him about it, he tells her the dream from start to finish and immediately feels better. Yeah, yeah. So Julia offers to help and tells Eric he can depend on her for support or her medical skill on this experiment. So she caved. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that she caved because of Barnabas. I think it's because she loved Barnabas. That's why she caved. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, I think it's a little bit of um, curiosity killed the cat that, and and I think it's a little bit of OCD on Julia's part. She's like, if I'm sure she's she's like, if this is going to do, if this is going to be done, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to have a hand in this, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be done right. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So Barnabas has written a letter, um, that he asks Willie to bring to Elizabeth, the Collinwood. And in this moment we hear dogs howling and Barnabas feels that urge that he might need blood. Yeah. And he tells Willie that the contents of the letter explain that he will be leaving Collinwood and he is sending um, a cousin from England, quote unquote, named Adam Collins. Mm-hmm. And we can guess that this is Eric's creation. And it was hard enough for Barnabas to explain his existence yeah. to the modern family. Yes. And you said there were like no other, col- you were the last Collins. Where yeah. did this cousin yeah, come from? Yeah, where did this cousin come That's from? That's what I thought in that moment. Yes, definitely. I was like, where did. How was he going to explain this? <laughs> so, But okay. But he chose the name Adam because that was the name of the very first man, you mm-hmm. know. 
God created man and his name was Adam. So I, it was pretty clever. So, so Willie arrives at Collinwood and comes face to face with Cassandra and she invites him inside to talk to her once she learns that Barnabas or Willie works for Barnabas. And Willie shares with Cassandra that Barnabas sees Dr. Lang a lot and she asks a lot of probing questions about how Barnabas was before his car accident. And then she tries hard to make Willie leave the letter with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luckily, I think I think Willie gets a weird feeling from her and doesn't doesn't divulge too much. He hasn't lost that. Yeah. I mean, I was grateful because Willie you know, could have totally bought into that and be like, yeah, here, can you give it to it's her? It's not really Willie's maybe own intuition fully. But he knows working for Barnabas, he that hasn't left him. Right. He hasn't forgotten that. And he's like, no. I had specific instructions, no. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Barnabas is going to no. kick my butt if I get this wrong. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so back to Eric Lang's house. Eric is explaining the process, the whole experiment, rigmarole yeah. to Julia right now. Yeah. And um, that she is responsible for taking Barnabas's pulse during the experiment. Mm-hmm. Basically, just keep an eye on him. Yep. Monitor him closely. And this is our first look at how Barnabas is to look in his new body. This is the first time, like, we've been able to see the creature's face. Mm -hmm. And um, in my opinion, it's not a bad-looking face. No. I mean. Robert Rodan, baby. And I think that (laughs) Barnabas would have been happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Robert Rodan was a good-looking man, you know? I mean, yeah, sure, they they added scars to his face to make him look very like Frankenstein's monster. But, yeah. but all in all, a very handsome face. At this moment, this is when the experiment begins. Mm-hmm. And while they're doing the preliminary pulse checks, etc., Cassandra is sitting in the drawing room at Collinwood and working her voodoo magic on Dr. Lang. Yep. Eric starts up his machinery and throws um, the first couple switches on the equipment. And there's a touch of what can I can only assume is fear in Barnabas' screams. Yeah. I mean, this is this has got to be a, a hard experience for Barnabas, you know. He, he has no idea what this is going to do to him. He doesn't, I mean, ultimately he's going to die, but his spirit and his mind is going to live in this new body. So, yeah. I mean, there's got to be an element of fear there. There has yeah. to be. And so <laughs> Cassandra starts with the pins on the doll. You know, that's her favorite toy is the doll and is the pins. The, yeah, yeah. And Eric begins to feel the pain and it worsens and... I think, I think it nearly killed Eric. Mm-hmm. I mean, Julia had to give him an injection just for his heart, mm-hmm. you know. And the experiment failed this time, and Barnabas barely lives through it. Yeah. And Julia gives him an injection. I mean, there was a moment where he had no pulse. Or right. we seriously thought he was dead. Eric told Julia, give him an injection. You know, you got to bring him back. <clears throat> and I think, I think Eric Lang knew he was going to die very soon. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he's a doctor. He knows how his heart is, you yeah. know, and... He told Julia that she needed to try again within 48 hours. You need to try. The body's going to go bad. Right. You got to do it. Uh, the, the body would decompose. And he shows her his notes that he took on the experiment. He wrote everything down. He was an avid note taker. Uh-huh. And Julia, of course, doesn't think she's ever going to be able to do it. But mm-hmm. Lang assures her that everything is written down and she should be able to follow it. You mm-hmm. know, Julia leaves to get more medication for his heart. But Eric starts the tape recorder. The tape recorder that we keep hearing and hearing and tells Julia the most important thing. And he said, here, here we go. We're going to hear this a million times. Julia, if you do the experiment again, if both Barnabas and my creation live, Barnabas will be free and healthy as long as Adam lives. Adam will drain Barnabas's affliction from him, but will not suffer from the disease itself because he lives. But if Adam dies, Barnabas Collins will be as he was before. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what we hear, you know, the whole time. So, yeah. <laughs> the whole time. I know. We hear this so Every much. Time. So Every much. Time. So at that moment, Cassandra is still playing with her favorite doll. When Mrs. Johnson comes in, she surprises Cassandra and the pin goes all the way in. All the way. She's just jerked. It's a jerk reaction. Yep. Scared. Boom. Yep. And, and just all the way in. You can see the pin head coming out from the other side. It was oh really an accident God. and carelessness on a witch's part. Oh it really was. To be so jumpy. And it kills him. It kills Eric. And it kills sloppy. Eric Lang. It was an accident, but... Eric mm. Eric tries to get out what he was trying to say into the tape recorder before he draws his last breath to Julia. Yeah. But he can't get it out, so he grabs her by her arm and says, Listen. Listen. But... Julia can't understand what he's trying to say. And this remains frustrating for the duration of this saga. (laughs) For a really long time. For a really long time. All they needed to know about Barnabas and Adam's connection is is on the tape recorder. But they but they never, they never figure it out. They never hear that message on the machine. They go through the majority of this storyline not knowing the most important thing Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they need to take care of Adam just as much, if not more than Barnabas, Mm -hmm. because Adam holds the key Mm -hmm. to whether or not Barnabas will live like an ordinary man. Mm -hmm. Like Adam holds the curse. He holds yeah. the curse. Yeah. He doesn't suffer from it, but he holds it, you yeah. know. And as long as he doesn't suffer from it because he's going he he's alive. He lives. He, he's not dead, so he's not yeah. he won't suffer from the curse, but he, if he dies, <laughs> Barnabas won't goes, die either, but he will be a vampire. I mean, Right. So back at Collinwood, you know, she scared the crap out of Cassandra. So now Mrs. Johnson is yelling at Cassandra because Cassandra wants her and Roger's breakfast at a different time than the rest of the house. And Miss Johnson just, she isn't having any of it. She's like, I'm doing all this myself. I don't have time to make you breakfast when you freaking want it. Mm-hmm. And so just, anyway. So, and Elizabeth is happy with the way I run things in right, her house. It's her house. And just then, Barnabas <laughs> enters the room and demands to talk to Cassandra alone. Mm-hmm. He tells her that if she kills Eric, she he will see her burn mm-hmm. and asks her when she will admit that she is, in fact, Angelique. And she, again, denies who she actually is. And Barnabas even goes so far as to tell her that, I'll be yours. Just stop. Just yeah. stop what you're doing. Yeah. See, another selfless act. I don't love you. I hate you. The second time he's folded. Yes. Yes. And there, there's a scene right here where Barnabas has her arm in his grasp mm-hmm. and she can't get away from him. And he leans into her and she immediately covers her neck mm-hmm. like she knows what he wants to bite mm-hmm. her. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he know, like she knows. And Angelique knows that like Eric has cured Barnabas, at least for now. But she's still terrified of him, you know, mm-hmm. that, that vampire, you know. Mm-hmm. The experiment wasn't successful yet, and he still feels the need for blood. And it was like Cassandra knew and, like, it, it instinctively covered her neck. Well, it's kind of like with Julia's injections. Like, if she didn't give him one, either, you know, he turned an old man like he did, or he would just get his fangs back. Right, right. In an instant. Like, if he missed a medication, you know, right, like a, right. an injection. So, so Mrs. Ahead. Johnson came in to save the day. <laughs> And tells Barnabas that Julia's on the phone for him. And she tells him Eric's dead. And Barnabas tells Cassandra that she killed Dr. Lang. So he rushes back. He rushes back to Lang's house. And Julia tells him the sequence of events that led up to Eric's death. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Barnabas tells Julia that every instinct he has tells him to let go and give in to his anger and get revenge. But they have to stay on track and not let his death be for nothing. Now this is their baby to rock. Yeah. This project, yeah. it is now on them because Julia had just agreed, okay, I'm yours. What do you need? Yeah. And now Lang's What gone. if she hadn't? 
I know. What if she had? I know. Would they just leave it there? Barnabas just drop it and leave. Barnabas would have gone back to being a vampire, and this would have literally all been for nothing. Literally. Julia could have. She even argued it. She could have studied Lang's books all she wanted, but she had no idea if it would actually work. Right. Right. So, it, it it's incredible. He also tells Julia that even though the created body has 48 hours, he's not sure that he has 48 he, hours. Yes, yes. He feels the urge for blood coming on stronger and stronger Every and that Eric's time. drugs, yeah, and Eric's drugs are becoming less and less effective, just like Julia. That was Julia's problem, yeah. And th this yeah. is why he had a permanent cure in, yeah. in this body, yeah. you know, and Eric wants, or excuse me, Barnabas wants to do the experiment again tonight, but Julia's like, look, I got to have time to study this. I got to know what we're doing. And she needs more time to study Eric's notes because she wants to be successful this time. And she's and a perfectionist. She, she does, is. She doesn't fail. So Julia studies the notes but can't seem to stay awake <laughs> and eventually succumbs to her sleepiness. And she has the dream and Mrs. Johnson is her beckoner. And she goes to the various doors and the one that is special for her reveals a female skeleton in a wedding dress. And again, we have a Grayson Hall scream. <laughs> and end of an episode. And... I'm not going to bunny trail, guys, but what she saw behind her door meant so much more than what we even know right now. Here, Here's what I'm, I'm trying to decide what her door represents. And I could say, here's what I could say. I could say that the skeleton was maybe her, feel of, uh, her fear of failing with the experiment. Okay. But what I'm more inclined to believe is that it's her fear of what she will become if Barnabas reverts. Let me tell you my theory. Okay. Now that... I thought you were going to say it, but okay. let me tell you mine. No, I'm ready. <laughs> I don't want to bunny trail because we're going to get into it, but I got to say it. I think that it represented her solo project with Eve. Oh, snap. I didn't even think of that. I think wow. that's what that represented. That does come into fruition, Because that was though. her solo project. She went off of Lang's notes, yes. But that was her. But that was her solo. That was her Chosen, creation. agreed to and, and, project. And here's the thing. Julia did a much better job with Eve. Did you see how beautiful Eve was? Yes. Marie Wallace, baby. She like, was gorgeous. She, even fit, she wasn't ugly. She was beautiful. She had no scars. No scars. No, no stitching. Nothing. No Frankenstein. Nothing. She was beautiful. And so my thought, if Barnabas reverts back to a vampire, he might lose all hope yeah. and embrace Julia as a willing victim mm -hmm. and a lover and perhaps turn her into a vampire as well. Or she will die being his victim. And you want to know something? Julia was the only, correct me if I'm wrong, on the spot. Julia was the only one willing to go that far. And kind of queen of the damned moment, she wanted it. She wanted it, yeah. She wanted it. It, I it want didn't. This. Yeah. I know what it's all about. I know everything about it, and I want it. I mean, uh, on a certain okay, now here's another, here's another bunny trail for you going on that. So uh, we don't talk about this film very often, but Tim Burton's Dark Shadows. Uh-huh. What did Julia Hoffman do? She took Barnabas's blood and became a vampire herself because she wanted it. What did I say? What did so. you say? <laughs> so I, I just had to point that out because because you said that right. in one interpretation, that's exactly mm -hmm. what happened mm -hmm. in, in Tim Burton's Dark Shadows. That's what happened. It's like Lang. Like how, how, how bizarre, how fanatic are you? Not really. I hate to say fanatic. I don't want to say that. But how bizarre and how willing are you far to go for your own discoveries yes yeah i mean this was but, when, but also your own 
personal, deep, dark interests. Yes, because it's definitely. really who you are. Definitely. That's why you're into this anyways it's and like, studying it anyways. We talk, I'm sorry I keep going back to this, but when we when we talked about, because I got so invested in this when we talked 1970 Parallel Time yeah. with Penny, I got so invested because it's one of my favorite sagas of the show. Yeah. But when we talked about it with her, we talked about the Jekyll and Hyde yeah, mm-hmm. scenario with, mm-hmm. um, with um, Cyrus Longworth and John Yeager. You know, we couldn't... We it's like why did why did he keep becoming John Yeager because he wanted to because, because it fascinated him because evil was something that was not in his makeup but he knew somewhere deep inside he wanted that uh, Penny hit it on, hit the nail on the head she said that because that was Cyrus yes it period. was it wasn't two different period. people I mean John Yeager was a part that of was Cyrus like Longworth. the dark dark spot on his heart like, yes it what John Yeager is because. That is Cyrus. Yeah, that was Cy- Cyrus deep down inside him. Nail was on the head, period. Like, so, so sorry, absolute, friends. Total, absolutely. Total bunny trail, but that, I mean, Back that's what this is road. all about. You know, this is our show. We call the shots. <laughs> hey, hey. But we love you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so in the next scene, getting back on track here, we see Julia pacing up and down the drawing room floor and smoking a cigarette. <laughs> love you, girl. Love you, girl. Yep. And we hear the audible thinking, and she's pondering about the dream she just had. She mm-hmm. knows mm-hmm. that the house will be awake soon and she'll have to see Mrs. Johnson mm-hmm. and she'll have to fight the urge to tell her the dream mm-hmm. because she knows that when she does, Mrs. Johnson will have the dream too. Mm-hmm. And she hears a knock at the door and she's convinced it's Mrs. Johnson. So mm-hmm. she, she's kind of standing way deep in the drawing room by the, by the big picture window. And this is the first time since that the dream curse has happened and the next day that there's a knock at the door and it's not, not the, beckoner. the beckoner. It's Vicky. And she comments on how she didn't know it. Julia, like, oh, you smoked. <laughs> she's like, I didn't know you smoked. She's like, is there something wrong with you? And she's like, I can't talk about it. Girl, I am so stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> For real. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, if I'm not smoking the cigarette, I'm going to go pour me a brandy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, so, so Julia says she can't talk about it, but wants to know about Professor Stokes and how she can get in touch with him. Mm-hmm. And Vicky, she's like, she, he lives in Rockport. And she bolts out the door. Just as Jeff Clark comes in (laughs) to tell Vicky that he's moved to the Evans cottage. (laughs) And I will say this. This is where the dream curse hits its speed bump. Yes. Julia Hoffman is the huge speed bump in this dream curse. Yes. The first time it's recognized and fought. Yes. She fights the urge and and, and leaves because she knows eventually she's going to run into Mrs. Johnson. She leaves so that she can't run into her. Yes. And so so Vicky tells Jeff the news that Mm -hmm. Dr. Lang is dead. Yeah. And obviously Jeff didn't know, but he... He's like, that man couldn't last 24 hours without me. (laughs) Exactly. For real. (laughs) And he seems pretty pleased about it. (laughs) And he was like, and he takes this. He takes this news as an opportunity to learn everything he needs to know about his past. He's free. Lang is not keeping anything from me anymore. I am on a mission now. Yes. And he leaves just abruptly as Julia did. Yeah. Yeah. And so we go to Professor Stokes' house. And Julia first has to explain who she is and what she's doing there. Because she hasn't met Professor Stokes. Right. And Stokes admits that he's a little... He's like, I'm a little hostile towards stranger. You just showed up on my doorstep. I don't know you. Yeah. And and I, I imagine that because of his because of his wit, because of his wisdom, and because of his very deep interest in the occult. He's very mm-hmm. skeptical of everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, she explains to him that she had a dream as many others have had. She mm-hmm. she goes into detail about how the dream seems to work and how it keeps going one step further with each person. Yeah. And Professor Stokes 
guy is so smart, immediately knows that this is a dream curse. Mm -hmm. And he explains mm -hmm. that the people who will have the dream are not under the curse themselves. You don't need to worry. You're just but a culprit. Just a you're just a pawn. Yeah. Pawn. Thank you. And but this dream curse will event will eventually end in a sudden death. Mm -hmm. And he the purpose urges her, of a dream curse is harm, yes. death. And and Professor Stokes was most definitely one hundred percent the right person to go to mm -hmm. with this. I mean He's the, the kind of person like Professor, hence the professor, studied everything. Yeah, you can there, think there was about. nothing untouched with Professor Stokes. But especially after meeting the Collinses. I mean, he's done all this stuff and experienced all this stuff before he even met the Collinses. Yeah. But but even more so, step by step, day by day, he's experiencing more and more of what he has studied for all these years yes. and realizing how real I think this, this I, I think the is. Collinses was was a treasure trove for Professor Stokes oh, yeah. because it was now a, he gets to experience all of this. Pot of gold for and, Professor Stokes. Oh man, Stokes. he was freaking living the dream with the Collinses. Yes. I mean, being able to because because the Collinses and Jewel talked about this when we talked about um about parallel time. There it is again. I went back to it again. But the the place where Collinwood sits and the time warp is, mm -hmm. we have to believe that that time warp has always been there. Mm -hmm. In that regard, the Collinses have experienced all these weird and paranormal things mm -hmm. because the ground mm -hmm. that Collinwood sits on is haunted. It's is haunted. It, it, it is I, Widow's I, Hill. I, I've said it. I've, I've described it this way before, but I, it's, it's a hellmouth, the or a hellmouth. And I think, I think it, started, it started with the Widow's. You know, all the all these widows jumping off because yeah, their cursed. husbands wouldn't come back. So the land becomes cursed. But yeah. Jeremiah Collins didn't care. He built Collinwood there anyway. So I think because of that, granted, this happened long before Jeremiah Collins decided to build the the, the new house, even though it's very old, the, the new house on that hill. Yeah. You know, that ground, yeah. I believe, is cursed. It, it Not necessarily the Collins, even though, honestly, being on that ground, yes, it imposed a curse on the family. But... Yeah, like you're saying, it's the ground itself, yeah. period. Right. It just happened to be the Collins family. Right. Just happened. So so Professor Stokes wants him, wants her to tell him about this dream. Tell me about your version. This is the latest version of the dream. Tell me. And he knows that um, he won't have the dream because he wasn't in her dream. So he's not afraid of hearing it and, and suffering and the dream himself. That's the first time as well, experience yeah. as well. And she doesn't want him to, t she doesn't want to tell him or Mrs. Johnson because she doesn't want the dream to continue. Yeah. And Stokes already knows that Mrs. Johnson isn't going to be the re the, si the recipient of the curse. And Julia knows who the curse is meant for. Mm -hmm. She's figured it out. Mm -hmm. And Julia admits that she doesn't know if she can save him. She says him. She doesn't say who it is, but she certainly has aroused Stokes' interest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so Barnabas is waiting for Julia at Lang's. And Jeff Clark shows up because Lang is dead now and he wants to go through all of his personal things and, and try to find any clues about his past. And Barnabas tries to attempt, tries to stop him, but as he tells him, he's not well enough physically to fight him. Yeah. And, and honestly, and Barnabas as well, especially, ultimately Barnabas, and especially with Jeff Clark, uh, he's also got that fear in his mind as well that Jeff could rat on them at oh, any totally. time about what they're doing in that I house. I mean, Maggie sure as heck remembered after being hypnotized so many times that she still it still kind of came back to her. So, I mean, there's always that fear. I think the only tiny piece that kept him from doing that, obviously, was all of his 
work in that experiment beforehand. Right. He was implicated Gathering too. the parts and all that. But And so Jeff finds his file. And it seems to be good news. And Barnabas knows that Jeff is off to tell Vicky the good news. And jealousy takes over. Barnabas attempts to tell Jeff that he'd be no good for Vicky because of his shady past. Mm-hmm. And this goes back and forth. And Barnabas t- threatens to tell Vicky about Jeff's involvement with Lang's experiments. Mm-hmm. And Jeff tells Barnabas that he could easily say the same thing about him. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's an impasse. So Barnabas lets him go for the time being, but obviously he's completely upset by it. Um, So we go back to Collinwood where Jeff has indeed gone to see Vicky, and he tells her that the three words he found in Lang's file that made him so happy, and it was no homicidal tendencies. So it kind of seems like Eric Lang lied to him. But uh, we just don't know. We still don't know. Right. And so Lang has had Jeff convinced this entire time that he was a homicidal maniac, Right. And that yeah. this is why he was in a mental hospital. And mm-hmm. it seems as though Lang only used this to blackmail Jeff into working for him and making him do horrible things sure. to dead bodies yeah. for the sake of his experiment. And yeah. I I have mixed feelings on this because, yes, it was a horrible thing that Lang did. His experiments were undoubtedly horrible and unethical, but I find myself able to forgive him for that because of the gift he gave to Barnabas and making it possible for Barnabas to be an ordinary human being yeah. once again. Yeah. And it, it, I was yeah. sad when Lang died because I wanted to see more of, of who he was as mm-hmm. a scientist. I wanted to see more of what he was capable of. Right. And this comes up later on, and of course we'll talk about this too, probably in uh, next week's episode, but um, when when the thing happens to Sam Evans and he goes blind yeah. because he chose to help Barnabas against Angelique. Yeah. And Barnabas makes the comment, God, I wish Eric Lang were still alive. He could have fixed this. Yeah. And so I, I, I personally would have liked to have seen that too. I would have liked to have seen more of what he was capable of as a doctor, as a scientist, as a mad scientist. Maybe more backstory, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so the heat is on. The heat is on to get this experiment done because the body is decomposing mm-hmm. and Julie and Barnabas have about 24 hours to make it happen or it's yeah. going to be a total wash. Yeah. And Julia tells Barnabas that she can't focus and function enough on this experiment because of the dream. Yeah. So because of this, I mean, she's been very faithful up until this point, not telling Sarah Johnson, so, but she's got, she's got to let it go because if she doesn't, she feels this like is this is not going to get done. It's not going to get done. So, and I think I we'll think figure that, it out, but we got to move on, right? With the exactly. Dream and the experiment. Maybe we can get her not to tell. But there, there's a moment where Julia is feeling jealous. I think she subtly mentions her feel. Here's another one of those moments yes. where she subtly mentions her feelings towards Barnabas. Yeah. Barnabas comments on Adam's face and that it's a handsome one because of Vicky, and that Jeff Clark is younger than he is. And Julia tells him to some woman that wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. And and Barnabas mm-hmm. responds with, I've never taken the time to tell you this, but I appreciate everything you've done for me. Even if this experiment fails, I still appreciate it. And she shrugs it off and says, we're wasting time and leaves the room because mm-hmm. she knows that's as far as it's going to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm not your type. Yeah, I was like, I'm I know you, you. I, I know you'll never let. I she is she was too good. She for is she is. And back to Professor Stokes at this point, since meet since his meeting with Julia, he has started asking questions about the dream curse, and he starts with Maggie Evans. Yeah, yeah. He believes he can stop the curse, but he needs the information first. Mm-hmm. She reluctantly tells him the details of her dream. Mm-hmm. So Stoke goes up to Lang's house, where he's been told Doctor Hoffman is. Mm-hmm. But runs into Barnabas instead. He said he wanted to talk to Barnabas anyway. Mm-hmm. So when Barnabas inquires as to why 
he wants to talk with them, Stokes says, you're hiding something, and I know what it is. Invite me in, and I'll let you know. Oh, Stokes. <laughs> yeah. I love him. <laughs> yeah. So Barnabas obviously has no choice but to let him in. And he comes right out and tells Barnabas, you know, that witchcraft is being practiced at Collingwood. And furthermore, I believe you know who the witch is. <laughs> he oh, explains Stokes. his logic because Barnabas asks him for um, the talisman. Mm -hmm. Barnabas doesn't come out right away, of course, as always. But as soon as Stokes gets the answer he wants, he leaves immediately. Mm -hmm. I, got, I got all I need. So there's part one of the dream curse for you. Yeah. We are getting ready to get into the successful experiment that produces Adam. Yeah. And But we are going to save that for next week, guys. Um, so... So we're getting into this. We're get we're we're plugging right through. Um, there's still a lot of the dream curse to go. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot that happens, but we, that's what we'll leave we leave you with for now. But um, that's what this is for. Yep. Talk this, it out. Yeah. Talking it out. Take our time. And I I have really enjoyed talking about this first yeah. part of the yeah. dream curse, and I'm excited to keep going next week. And yeah. um, we just want to thank you once again for sticking with us, for giving giving us your time, giving us a listen, yeah. and a watch and. Guys, again, with any comments, we, we are open. We we see them all. We hear them all. I will say, for those of you who follow us on, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us, um, there is actually, like, exclusive content on YouTube um, with our live interviews from um, Resident of Collinwood and things like that um, that you won't get on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So it would be great if you guys could go over and like and subscribe the fa or the YouTube page. That that really does help us out a lot. It does help grow the podcast, and um, yeah. we would be ever so grateful. Reach out to us with any questions between the shadows 2021 at Gmail, on Twitter, on Facebook. Guys, we see all the comments, and we, we appreciate it. We eat those up. Yes. <laughs> so... Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, remember to keep it between us and the shadows. Good night. Good night. The time has come, Barnabas. Your fate was sealed almost 200 years ago. You cannot alter your destiny. There can never be any permanent escape for you, for the curse will find you and fall upon you again. Forever. Let the dream curse begin this night. You've been listening to Between the Shadows, a Dark Shadows podcast. All original Dark Shadows music, video clips, images, and media are the sole property of Dan Curtis Productions and is only used to promote Dark Shadows and should not be distributed, copied, or reproduced.